like for you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. It's the story of feeding the 5,000. One of my favorite stories for, for some reason. And I think that the disciples liked it too. The gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all included it in their gospels. You want to write this down real quickly. It's Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke 9, and John 6. We're going to read Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse number 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in in the boat by themselves. But the multitudes saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived there before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds, and in fifties. And when he had, given, when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of fish. And those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we look into this portion of Scripture, that you will challenge our hearts. That you'll help us to recognize that you can do great things when we are available to you. And Lord, I pray that we might make ourselves and our resources available. I pray, Lord, that you will truly do great and mighty things which we cannot even imagine in and through us in days to come for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at this portion of Scripture, we need to recognize several things. Number one, the disciples were tired. How many of you are tired? Raise your hand. Okay, not too many. That's good. I think that probably... Uh, The disciples were tired because they had been ministering. They had been sent out by Jesus. They went out preaching and doing different things. They had come back together, and things were still very, very busy, and they were tired. I think that ministry can sometimes be very, very busy, and and it gets us weary sometimes. If if we're involved in whatever we're involved in, whether it's teaching Sunday school or singing in the choir or, or, or whatever it might be, we get tired. Not only... Do we get tired because of ministry and the demands of ministry? 
But also, sometimes we get tired because of things that happen like COVID. Uh, when you think about COVID, we spent a lot of time at home, did we not? Did, did it mean that we were more rested? No, I think there was more stress. I think that some of us, instead of being refreshed from being at home, we were more tired than we've ever been in ministry. And we need to recognize that the disciples were very tired because of the devastation of COVID and the demands of ministry. So what Jesus said to them in verse 31 was, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. That was the intention. But the problem was, it really didn't turn out to be a problem, did it? Was that the people recognized that he was going and they joined him there. The disciples were tired and they continued to be tired. The disciples were also discouraged. In Matthew chapter 14, the story talks about the fact that right before they went out to rest, uh, John the Baptist had been beheaded. And John the Baptist, of course, was the forerunner to Jesus. Uh, he had baptized many. He had preached about repentance. He had baptized Jesus, in fact, and many other people. And he, he was beheaded by Herod. I'm sure that had to be discouraging. And as we look around us today, do you ever get discouraged when you see the circumstances, when you see what's going on in the world around us? They were tired. They were discouraged. They were also overwhelmed. Look at verses 35 and 36. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place already. The hour is late. Send them away that they might go into the surrounding country and villages and and, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. They were overwhelmed. They knew that they couldn't take care of that need. And sometimes as, as we look around us at the needs around us, as we look at people that are hurting, people that need Jesus, people uh, that are going through challenging times, sometimes we get overwhelmed as well. And we feel inadequate. We feel weak. We feel like we can't handle it. The disciples were tired, they were discouraged, they were overwhelmed, but they had five needs, and when these five needs were met, God used the disciples in a significant way. So let's look at those needs. The first need is the need for compassion. Verses 33 and 34, when Jesus experienced the multitudes, he had compassion on them. Verse 33, the multitude saw them departing. Many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And in another portion, it talks about the fact that he also healed people. In other words, when Jesus encountered the multitude, he had compassion on them. He loved them. Don't you think that's our first and greatest need? Is to have love for people. John 3.16 is clear. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we need to first and foremost love the people around us. The disciples probably at times looked at the people around them and considered them to be burdens rather than having compassion for them. And we might sometimes do the same thing, especially when we get tired and, and discouraged and overwhelmed. But we have a need to have the same perspective that God had, that Jesus had. 
We need to love people. We need to have compassion on people. Especially as we look at their needs. We need to have compassion. I think that that only comes as God works in our hearts and in our lives. In Romans chapter 5, it indicates that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's given to us. In other words, the way that we love is through the Holy Spirit working in us. And then three verses later, it says God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, we develop compassion when we have a Abiding relationship with Jesus Christ when we're filled with the Spirit. He helps us to love people rather than considering them to be a burden. And as a result, we are interested in ministering to them and sharing the good news of the gospel with them. So need number one is compassion. We should have compassion just like Jesus had compassion. Need number two is humility. Now, for some of us, humility does not come natural. We think that we're always right. You, you know you're not always right, don't you? But sometimes we think we are. We, we think that, that we're doing pretty well. We compare ourselves to others sometimes, and we think, hey, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm doing better than he is or better than she is. The Pharisees had a tendency to do that. Jesus was not very impressed with them. We need to have humility. We see this in verses 35 and following. The day was far spent. His disciples said, hey, this is a desert place. People need to eat. We need to send them away so they can do so. They recognized that they could not meet the need. But Jesus answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. You know, I wonder if if Jesus was trying to help them to exercise humility. When he said to them, you give them something to eat, they realized their inadequacy. Basically, there there were a couple things that probably came to their mind. One was, but the grocery stores are all closed. Now, I I doubt they thought that. But they did think, well, we need to to send people away for for them to, to buy. And if we had to buy food for them, even 200 denarii, wouldn't give people just a little bit to eat. A 200 denarii, how much was that? Basically, one denarii was a year's, excuse me, a day's salary. So 200 denarii, if you take off a day, you're talking about something like two-thirds of a year, uh, something of that nature in regard to salary. In other words, it was a pretty good amount of money. And, And the disciples realized that even if they had the money, They had 200 denarii. They couldn't make a dent. And and then what they recognized was that they had somebody who had five loaves and two fish. We find in another portion of Scripture that it was a little lad. Uh, They looked around and said, okay, what do we have here? What are our resources? Five loaves and two fish. Now, the five loaves and two fish was probably a lunch that some mother had fixed for this lad. And it was enough for him to eat and be satisfied. But how many people were there? 5,000 men plus women and children 
And, and this lad was one of the children. There was not nearly enough. I think that humility is important. We need to recognize that we in ourselves and we with the resources that we have can't make a dent in the needs of people around us. Does that make sense? So they had humility. They recognized that they didn't necessarily have their act together. They recognized that they couldn't take care of the problems themselves. Now what is humility the requirement for? Probably some of you know this. If we don't have humility, we're not going to exercise need number three, which is faith. Make sense? If we don't have humility, we think, well, I can take care of this problem. I can take care of this need. I can meet the needs of these people if I work hard, if I, if I wheel and deal, if I come up with the resources, I call some people, then I, then I think I can take care of it. But the disciples recognized they could not. This was too great of a need. This was more than they could handle, so they needed to exercise faith. We all always need to exercise faith in reality because Jesus said in John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. But sometimes we don't have that humility. Sometimes we think we can handle it. Need number two is humility. Need number three is faith. Look at verse number 41. When Jesus had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them and the two fish he divided among them all. Notice he looked up to heaven and he blessed the bread. Jesus had great faith, did he not? Of course, he was the son of God. He knew God extremely well. He knew that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. And he trusted God to take care of the problem. We need to do the same. Without faith... It is impossible to please God. Notice that there was more than enough. These five loaves and two fish, which would have been enough for one lad, ended up feeding 5,000 men plus women and children, and there were 12 baskets left over. God's able to do great things, is he not? In Jeremiah 32, 27, God said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, Is there anything too hard for me? He goes on to say in the next chapter, Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. God is able to do far above all that we can imagine. But we need to trust in him. We need to have faith in him. So, they needed compassion. Wouldn't you agree with that? If we're going to make a difference in the lives of people around us, we need to love them. They needed humility, and they had it. They recognized that they couldn't handle this situation. They needed faith, recognizing that God can handle anything, that he's able to do far above all that we can ask or think. There's a fourth need. The need is that of obedience. Look at verses 39 and following. Then Jesus commanded them to make them all sit down in groups in the green grass. So they sat down. And then he told them to distribute the bread and the fish, and they did that. Then he told them to take up the 12 baskets 
And they did that. In other words, they obeyed Jesus. Don't we need obedience? Don't we need to be diligent to do what God has told us to do? If they had not obeyed, they had not distributed the food, would the result have been the same? We don't know for sure. But I believe that it would have been difficult to feed the 5,000 plus women and children without the disciples obeying. Now, their faith was weak, just like our faith is sometimes weak. They, they probably, as they, as they looked at the situation and they heard what Jesus said, some of them there were, were probably shaking their heads saying, oh no, this is not good. I mean, I think he's lost it. Five loaves, two fish, feed 5,000 men plus women and children. There's, there's no way this is going to work. We're looking at failure here. But they obeyed anyway. And God worked in a significant way. Faith is important. But if we have faith, then we need to obey. Even if we don't understand completely. One of the portions of Scripture, I think it was John, uh, Jesus was, was saying to Philip, uh, give him something to eat. Philip said, we don't have enough. Andrew said, there's a guy here with five loaves, two fish, a little lad. But what is that among so many? Uh, they, they recognized their inadequacy. They were humble. And, and, and their, their faith was weak. They said, it's not going to make a difference. But it did. When they allowed themselves and their resources to be used according to God's purpose, God worked in a significant and a mighty way. Obedience is very important. And there, there's one more need that we see in verses 39 through 40 and 43 to 44, and that's organization. 39 says he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, hundreds and fifties. In other words, it was, it was an organized venture. Verse number 42, they ate, they all ate, were filled. They took up 12 baskets of fish full of the fragments of the fish. Now, those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. They, they counted. They were organized. They had them sit down in a particular way. They fed them the loaves and the fish, and, and they counted the number of people that were there. Isn't that organization? Sometimes we think, why, are, why, do, why do churches focus on, on numbers? Are numbers important? Well, if, if we're focusing on numbers to brag, that's not good. But if we're focusing on numbers because those numbers represent individuals that are being impacted for Jesus Christ, then that's good. Not only did Jesus do that here, but also in Acts chapter 2 and, and several portions of Scripture in Acts, it talks about how many people were saved. The, the church was multiplied. 3,000 got saved. 5,000 were saved and so on. Organization is important. You know, I think one of the reasons the Billy Graham organization has been so effective is not just because the gospel is preached, and it is. And it's not just because a lot of prayer goes into it, and it does, but also because they are extremely organized. And I think what we need to do is recognize the need for faith, and of course, when we have faith, we pray. 
but also the need for organization. So they had five needs. And when those five needs were true, then what happened is that God blessed in a real special way. What I'd like to do is just read this sentence. I think that it's the next thing coming up. God can use us and our resources to impact thousands when we make ourselves and our resources available to him. Isn't that a true statement? I mean, that goes along with the feeding of the 5,000. But, but we see that from Scripture and from experience. Let me read it again. God can use us and our resources to impact thousands when we make ourselves and our resources available to him. Do you think that can be true at Catawba Baptist Church? Do you think that God could use us and the limited resources that we have to make an eternal difference in the lives of thousands of people? I believe God is able to do that and more. But we've got to be willing to change. The disciples had these five needs. And until they changed and put into practice these five needs, they might not have been used by God accordingly. We as individuals and as a church need to change. And so our prayer should be, number one, Lord, change me and use me. That's what we as individuals ought to be praying right now. Lord, I really believe that you could work in a significant way when you change me and use me. So, Lord, change me and use me. But the next slide is, Lord, change us and use us. Because if we keep on doing things the same way that we have been doing them, we'll probably keep on getting the same results. Does that make sense? So we as a church need to be saying, Lord, change us and use us to accomplish your will. For, for this chapter, the, the people were fed physical food from the loaves and two fishes. Now they were also fed spiritual food, Jesus taught them and so on. But the emphasis is on the, on the physical food. But let me ask you this. Is it possible for God to use us with our inadequacies and our limited resources to impact thousands of people with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and help them to come to know Jesus Christ and to be discipled? I believe he is. But only if God changes us and uses us. About a week or so ago, I, I told the staff, we need to, to ba basically look at things from ground zero. In other words, we need to, to go back and look at each part of ministry and ask ourselves the question, how can we be more effective in making a difference for Jesus Christ? And so that's one thing the leadership is going to be doing in weeks to come, is asking ourselves the question, what do we as a church need to do different in order to really make an impact.
How can God change us and use us so that thousands come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and are discipled? Because God can do that, can He not? And my desire is that you join us, the leadership at Catawba Baptist Church, and, and, and ask ourselves the question, Lord, how do you need to change us and use us so that we can make an impact for you? And I believe that these five needs are, are important in the process. We as a church need to make sure we have compassion. Too often we have what is called an inward focus. We're thinking about ourselves. What's going to make me happy? What's going to make me comfortable? We need to have an outward focus. How can we make a difference in the world around us? Humility. We need to recognize, hey, we're not that great. We don't have that many resources, but God is great, and he can multiply our resources. We need to have faith. goes along with humility. Trusting God to do great and mighty things which we can't even imagine. We need to have obedience, a willingness to diligently do whatever it is that God wants us to do. And then we need to have organization as well. We need to make sure that we have systems in place that help us to continue to accomplish what God wants us to do. Do we have work to do here at Catawba Baptist Church? Do I have work to do? Certainly. We need to think. We need to pray. We need to ask God to change us and use us to accomplish His purpose. And then, there is no telling what God can do in us and through us for His honor and for His glory. During the course of the summer, of course, a lot of times in summer, attendance is down a little bit. If you go on vacation, I would encourage you to, to watch the video, either Sunday morning or sometime during the week, of, of the, the, the sermon. Because we are going to be dealing with these issues and asking ourselves the question, how do we need to change? What do we need to do to really make an impact for Jesus Christ? And we're trusting God to do great and mighty things which we can't even imagine, for his honor and for his glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this story. It's always been an encouraging story to me how you used inadequate people to accomplish great things because you are able. Lord, I just pray that it will be true in us as individuals and us as a church. I pray, Lord, that you will work in us in such a way that you change us and use us and that many come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Many become mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray again that you will change us and use us for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name.